calling this Grubs Games? Games and Grubs? Games and Grubs. Best podcast on the planet. You guys are great. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. It's Games and Grub with your host, Brian Gallagher. Hey, we know Brian Gallagher. Gallagher has trained for months and months for this moment. Zach Passios. The Mr. Zachary Passios. Some are saying that he's rivaling the talents of Zachary Passios. And Aiden Hatton. Aiden is like Kyler Murray. I've coined him the Marquette Marvel because what can't he do? Live on Marquette Radio. That's right, live from the Marquette Radio Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is Radio's Restaurant, the saloon of sports talk. From the diner booth to the radio booth, games and grub right here on MUR. We've got a great show coming up for you. My name is Aiden Hatton, and sitting to my right, my one co-host this morning, Zach Passios. It's a great morning to be here, Aiden. A little rainy outside, but a big day ahead of us. Big, big day ahead and a big show coming up for you you can get us on the phone lines at 414-288-7091 again 414-288-7091 and on twitter and instagram both at grub m-u-r that's g-r-u-b m-u-r as we end our pre-show here on instagram live and you can get at us on the show either in phone call form tweet form or on the phone lines, which I already mentioned. Bless you. We had a tough time getting in this morning. We had a little, little stop for coffee. There's a coffee desert in Milwaukee. There's there a is coffee not. desert. There is Aiden. certainly not. There is certainly not. I will not I will not stand for that. Duncan's closed up on Sixth Street. It's tough to get a coffee nowadays. It just For they, us for us as Marquette kids, we were looking for something to eat too, which is very important at the beginning of any day. But, but especially today, because we're just going <laughs> to tease this all. Like, I'm not letting you know what's happening today, but it is a big day. We talked about it last semester when it happened, uh, basically the entire show. And now we're going we, we to do the same thing. We're going to do the same thing, but we're not going to tell our listeners what it is until later in the show. Okay. Should we, like, give hints? Like, I mean, I've been given hints. It's a big day. Okay. It just is. It's not we need something. To- we need something in our stomach, like Aiden said, and there's a coffee desert in Milwaukee, so it was tough tough to get food and coffee. We made it to Stone Creek. Great conversation this morning with an older gentleman that went to Madison. He's a veteran? He actually went yep. to the Army? He, uh, oh, gosh, I can't even say the joke because it mentions the thing. So oh, yeah. I'll be back on that one if you're it, listening. Oh, here's another hint. He mentioned something I was wearing. My shirt. Ah. My shirt today. Set him off. Set him off. Yeah, there you go. And asked what we were doing today. So that's a teaser. Um, but we'll tease it throughout the show. Mm-hmm. We need something to eat at the beginning of this day, like every day. But throughout this whole week, Zach. We've been eating food. We've been eating food. Mm-hmm. What was the best food you had this week since we've been on the air last Saturday? Gosh. Well, you actually, you you weren't here last Saturday, but no, I know I could. I could go way back, but I'm I'm not going to. I'm actually going to go, and it's recency bias here. But last night, I had a mod pizza. Um, so I had Blaze Blaze a couple weeks ago. Really good stuff. Uh, they have a maximum amount of toppings at Blaze. LeBron, thank you very much. But mod. 
does not. No maximum amount of toppings. So I asked. I'm sure that was the first thing I walked in there and I go, hey, how many toppings can I put on a build your own pizza? And the lady said, nah, there isn't like a maximum. And the guy next to her was like, yeah, no maximum. Put everything you want. And then she said, if you put too much on it, though, it might not cook correctly. Mm. So I was, I had that in the back of my head, but I also saw all these beautiful toppings just arranged out in front of me thinking I could put all of these on there, but it might not cook correctly. Mm. Am I willing to take that risk? It's a weight. It's a weight problem. It is. Uh, well, I'm not sure if it's the crust, the like actual. Yeah. Mass weight. Uh, yeah. Bread. Bread to topping. So there's ratio. a lot of yeah chemistry is involved. There's a lot of stuff going on. But here's what I ended up doing in that line: red sauce, basic red sauce for the pizza, mozzarella cheese, another basic. Now I was looking for like a mozz ball to put on top of the regular shredded mozz. Didn't have that. Went with the ricotta scoop. So scoop of ricotta. Okay. All around, they put about six of them, beautifully spread out melted perfectly on top of that we got our two main meats the pepperoni and the sausage just complement each other very well and then the bacon bits which are kind of the sidekick to the big brothers kind of like the me to my older brothers nick and jake they're, oh wow he's Shout there he, he's got a lot to offer in the bacon but it's not the the main two it's not the the ba- the sausage or the pepperoni so bacon bites then we move on to what should have been more vegetables, but once again, I had that 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 thought in the back of my head that I shouldn't be putting everything on here. So in the vegetable sections, I just went with the mushrooms and roasted red peppers, which roasted red peppers definitely worked with everything else on there. I'm not sure the mushrooms did, but I'm a sucker for mushrooms. Okay. I'm a sucker for mushrooms. And then last but not least... They, you could like top it. So after they cook it, look like it cooked perfectly. I didn't add too much. You could ask for like a side or a topping on it. There was like barbecue, ranch, blah, blah, blah. I asked for a side of pesto. So with my crust, because some people don't eat the crust. I'd eat the crust anyways. But with my crust, oh, yeah. I'd like finish the actual pizza and then dip the crust in the pesto. So it's just basically like a breadstick with pesto. Oh, yeah. So it was an amazing meal at Mod Pizza last night. Okay, do you know what quick quick trivia? Do you know what Mod stands for? M O D is it like an acronym? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. I thought it was chain. like I thought it was like modulization of pizza. Oh no. Like you can, you can mod, mod it out. That's a good guess. Mod is a chain that was founded in 2008 in Seattle. So let me let me give one shot. Modular. It's three words. It's an acronym. Nope, I don't have it. Made on demand. Ooh. Mod. There you go. Mod Super Fast Pizza LLC. They might have <laughs> series going off here in the back. And uh, it looks like we have a first caller as well. Made on demand. Caller, you're on the air. I got to get one in early today, Aiden. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, Uncle Chris. It's uh, great to hear your voice again. Yeah, it's been a little while. I've been uh, busy on Saturdays and busy again. I'm, I'm just about to walk into the NESCAC quarterfinal women's lacrosse tournament game up, up at Tufts. So, okay. Yeah. In the Great Basin. I got a good. Tri- I got a. I got a good trivia question for you guys. So, All right, fire away. How many conferences? I think it's men and women's, but I'm going to. Uh, how many Division Three conferences do you think there are in the country? 
Division three conferences. Division three. In For I mean, some sports go back and forth. Division one, division two, II, division three. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna say for lacrosse. Okay, there you go. Right. Yep. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. I'm going to guess if you're if it's a trivia question, I assume it's. I bet it's higher than we think. Higher or lower? Higher. I'm going like three fifty. Three hundred fifty conferences. No. Oh, no, conferences, colleges. Yeah. Sorry. Con- yeah, conferences. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna go with nine. Uh, fifteen. Okay, you're both way too low. Zach, you were on the right track with uh, the number of teams. I believe there's 290. Okay. Uh, there's 30 conferences. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So get this. So get this. So the so each there's 36 teams that make the NCAA tournament. Each conference has a champion that wins their thing, go in, and then they get a handful of that large bids. So there's a chance that. Tufts ranked number nine in the country as high as number four in the country if they don't at least get to the finals of their conference tournament, which is probably the best conference in the country, doesn't make the NCAA tournament. Wow. The, not uh, right. The at-large the at large system that you see in basketball and maybe what the college football playoff is going to. and But that's quite the ranking uh, for your team. So do you have a uh, scouting report this afternoon on the as so high as number four play, ranking in the Trinity? country this year? Playing Trinity, the Trinity Bantams. We had played them earlier in the year and beat them 13-5, to five, I think. So, uh, okay. Although we just came off a, a game where we probably should have won easily and only won 11-10. So I think, I think it's a victory. I, I'd probably put the, the spread at three and a half. No, uh, no Cape Oaken to spread it through now. No, uh, no Cape Cod, no Cape Cod Hattons attendance like it was last week. Is that correct? Correct, correct. No Cape Cod Hattons. Nope. Hopefully nope. you can survive um, without them. Yeah, it'll be it'll be tricky. Um, it will be tricky. Uh, so what do we think? The Celtics Bucks. You guys are close to the Bucks without Middleton. Do they have a chance to beat the Celtics, or the Celtics win in like six? I think it'll be a good series. I don't. I don't you see do? it. Yeah, I do. I don't see it being another whomping as uh pmt and uh big cat would say about the last series whomping yeah yeah no it won't be that bad no the the nets are you know i mean the nets were what they were so that was that was kind of uh not expected but i'm not but you're not surprised by it at the same time you know whereas i would be surprised if the celtics you know were to take it to the box even without Littleton. and is he done for the season is he just done, or is there a chance he plays? He's definitely done for this series, according to Shams. Okay. He has a chance to come back in the next round if they do make it to an Easter Conference final. Okay. And uh, I don't know, is Brian on today? He is not. Oh, He's uh, taken taken off to uh, Wisconsin-Madison to be with his buddies up there in our, our rival college up there about an hour west. Right, so I was just—I was going to give him his props because I actually did get to see the Timberwolves, and I was—we're going to get to it. I was okay. Well, I say I was a little more impressed than I thought I would be by them. That's um, a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I—I I actually had not—I had really not seen Edwards, you know, play, and I, I remember playing him playing in college, but not, you know. I didn't recall, but man, that kid is good. I was surprised. I was really surprised at how good he is. From a yeah, from a national perspective, I can tell you, being in the same room as him when they drafted him number one overall two years ago, or was that 
this past year with LaMelo Ball. I can't even remember. But he was a little disappointed and scared Ryan. that they drafted Anthony instead of LaMelo. But now you change the channel to April 2022, and he is the biggest Anthony Edwards guy you'll find. And Minnesota had a great, great series, and they just ran into a better version of them in Memphis. Yeah, I would agree. He's, you know, he's, he's. I didn't realize he could shoot as well as he can. Obviously, got an NBA body. So, uh, yeah, impressive, impressive. Uh, game's about to start. One last thing. I don't know if you've seen the rankings on 24/7 Sports, but Providence is ranked number one in terms of the portal class that they're bringing in. The dunk has become a destination. When guys from Kentucky are leaving to come to Providence or leaving UConn to transfer within the conference, you got something going on. So look out. You could, yeah, you got means something they going handle on. Kentucky. You means got they, something going means on. Means they couldn't handle the current school they're at. Yeah, well, and, they'll be able the, to handle the and dunk. the Providence in the Providence roster that. That played last year that you had, almost the entire starting lineup is out because they're, you know, senior senior citizen age. So you almost have to do. <laughs> you think there should be a limit to how many transfer guys you get in the portal? Mm. I think they're gonna do like. They'll work on it. The next the next NCAA chairman will will work on that. Yeah, I think that there should be. I mean, you can't just. It's not fair for the, the kids you're recruiting either, right? I mean, you're gonna recruit kids that are going to be one step out the door it, depending on if they get a better offer down the road or if you decide you're going to bring in other guys. So it's kind of kind of makes it messy. I mean, we're operating under the rules that they give us right now, but I think there should be some parameters around it for sure. There'll be some changes, but hopefully no major change to what happens in the dominance of Tufts lacrosse this afternoon. So good luck. <laughs> All right, thanks. See you guys. All right, see you, Uncle hey, Chris. Wait, oh. are you on next week? Next week is our last show, so we're going to make an That's announcement it, huh? about that. That's it. Yep. That, this is our penultimate show. This is our penultimate show. All right. I want, a ten, I want, a, I want you to carve out a 10-minute slot for me next week, okay? Well, actually, on, on Instagram Live, you just, you just missed uh, your eldest brother who was commenting in the comments, and he said he needs all the uncles for the send-off show, so we'll work on that. Well, they got to call in. You know, they just sit there and comment and stuff. They got to actually call in. You know? It's been right. four years, for God's sake. How many times have they called in? I'm sure. I'm sure they're listening. I mean, to be fair, they were all in studio at one point this this fall for our Uncle's Weekend. Well, show. we had, but we had to be right. It was Uncle's Weekend. <laughs> that's right. that's I'm right. saying go the extra mile, Aiden. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm sure they hear you, and, and we'll work. On it. <laughs> okay. Take it easy, guys. All right. All right. See ya. All right, there he goes, Uncle Chris. Once again, a lot to unpack there. I love the sen- the, se- the senior citizen comment. I mean, I'm a real estate guy, and I was just thinking if if you're looking for a good development opportunity, senior housing on the college, <laughs> on the Providence College campus. I mean, you're gonna get 25, 28 year olds going to Providence to play basketball, just like their whole I'm just whole team this past year. I love it, Aiden. I I said it two weeks ago. I, I'm sick of talking about Providence. That's all. That's I love all. it, and yeah. uh, they can have their good year, and I'll give it. Give it to Uncle because they have an unbelievable. It's one of those things where, like, it's one of those things where, like, sometimes you need, sometimes you need coffee to get through a day and be productive. This year, the Providence program almost needs to get people in transfer portal because they're half their team is graduating. So, they had an average age. People forget that when they played Marquette last year, Fox Sports showed a graphic. The average age of the Providence Friars starting five this year was higher than the Oklahoma City Thunder, who play in the NBA, if you didn't remember. So 
there's that for folks at home. But like I said, we're done talking about Providence. I'm taking a John Fanta break only for his golf coverage. Uh, so you can call us up as well. Follow Uncle Chris at 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. To shift the conversation back from Providence back to where it deserves, Marquette. What about food? You didn't give your best food of the week. Oh, I didn't even give best food of the week. Uh, yesterday, I'll, I'll tie in a story here. It probably wasn't the best food I had this week per se, but it's the best story I had surrounding food I ate. Uh, Sal's Pizza, which we've talked about a lot um, in the years of living where we are and close to it. Sal's Pizza, I had to watch, I'm in a class this semester, Zach, where I had to watch the film Do the Right Thing, directed by Spike Lee, released in 1989. Jordan, The Jordan Air Jordan 4 had just been released. There's strife like you had never read about and that's what part of the film goes into but it's all set around a center pizza place in the famous Bed-Stuy neighborhood of Brooklyn called Sal's Famous Pizzeria and that just got my just got my appetite wet a little bit for some Sal's pizza and watching some NBA last night so that's what we had for NBA's last night watching said Timberwolves like Uncle Chris mentioned, which we'll get into. And Uncle Chris obviously had much to mention about Providence and the transfer portal. Good luck to Tufts today. But to shift the conversation back, again, we're, we're moving the needle from Providence back to Marquette like we do every week here on Games and Grub. Marquette announced on Thursday, if you read the tea leaves, you could have been Wednesday night like I did, that Dwayne Wade, yes, that Dwayne Wade, is returning to campus, or should I say returning to the Summerfest grounds to be Marquette's undergraduate commencement speaker this year. Huge news for Marquette, huge news for Zach and I and the graduating class of 2022. I am still losing sleep over this and very excited for me to say for the rest of, for me to be able to say for the rest of my life that Dwayne Wade spoke at my graduation and the things I remember are that a he can only do this once and he's doing it in you can only do it once you can't I mean you can't bring back the same commencement speaker for just like it and he's getting an honorary degree just like the um, graduate speaker is as well mm-hmm. so you can only do this once. He can do it for another university if he does some humanitarian thing again and, and whatever. But uh, in terms of Marquette, and I know he's one of the most distinguished alums in university history, which is another part of this, that he's the best. He's the best player in Marquette basketball history by far. He's one of the most distinguished alumni. Period, and he's alive for us to experience. He's he's probably I'm gonna guess he's forty years old. I mean, maybe maybe a little more. He's no he's forty, right on the dot. So Robbins, Illinois, Milwaukee, Wisconsin collide. I am super pumped. And it got me thinking about Marquette's history of commencement speakers. And whether it's your college, Providence, or Tufts, or Assumption, or our most famous listeners, Villanova, 
Think about your alma mater or school that you're in right now. Who is the most famous commencement speaker that has been at your school? Our housemate Kendall last night gave us the news that Taylor Swift is going to be the commencement speaker this year at NYU. Get the honorary doctorate, get all that. But who has given the most famous commencement speech in the graduation histories of Marquette? So, in true top five tweets fashion, here are the top five most notable Marquette commencement speakers of all time. Are you ready, Zach? Go for it. And we've got sound bites galore. Number five is Dick Enberg, former broadcast partner of Al McGuire for NBC Sports Basketball. Let's play the clip. Your education now becomes the platform on which to build your future wins. In these times, it'll be a challenge. There's a big world out there ready to test your fiber. The test might even come in very simple ways. There's a well-traveled story about Al at a restaurant. He orders an expensive lobster. Someone must have been picking up the tab that night. The lobster arrives with one claw. And the waiter explains that sometimes they get in fights in the tank and this one lost a claw. And Al responded, then how about you taking this one back and bringing me the winner? <laughs> That's Dick Enberg, NBC Sports, number five. I know you're a big Al McGuire fan. That was good. That I like must, that. that. I must, like that quote. That must have hit you. Yeah. Number four. By the way, Dick Enberg was, I'm forgetting 2001. the year. 2001. 2001. Number five, or excuse me, four. Let's go back just three years to 2019. Jeannie, who's the actual alum of Marquette, and her husband, Jim Gaffigan. Marquette has not made you the person you are today. They have done much more by helping shape the person that you will become. Oh, that's good, Jeannie. That's, that was good. Thank you, Jim. I want to go back and watch that whole speech because having it's also it's very innovative having two people do it at the same time, and obviously their husband and wife. And Jeannie has dealt with numerous health problems over the years, which Marquette Magazine has chronicled as, you know, another famous alum and the way that she's battled that. But how you have two speakers do it at the same time, and Jim Gaffigan is one of the most famous comedians in America, that was a good one. Number three, this is where I'm going to put Dwayne Wade. Aptly because his jersey number is three. But in my humble opinion, coming up on May 22nd, which we're less than a month from, Dwayne Wade is going to be a top three Marquette commencement speaker all time in terms of his notoriety. I just mentioned he's the best player in men's basketball history at Marquette by far. And he's, along with these people that we're going to mention, and spoiler, the last two, number one and number two, aren't alums of Marquette. But you have to think that Dwayne Wade is one of the most distinguished alumnuses, alumni excuse me, of Marquette. But I mentioned number two. He is one of the greatest baseball players to ever live. Just passed away a few years ago. Hank Aaron. Breaking into big leagues in the days of segregation was extremely hard. There were many times when I wanted to give up. 
But I kept going, and I learned that if you want something bad enough, you have to make the necessary sacrifices to get it. Just an all-time story being a trailblazer, obviously, in the sport. One of the best baseball players of all time, period, stop. And that was back in the early 2000s as well. Say Another guy who was, I believe this, I believe we'll go back to 2012 for number one. And, or maybe, maybe Hank Aaron was 2012. But period, stop, one of the most famous TV entertainers to ever live. And passed away in 2003, the same year that this year's speaker, Dwayne Wade, will take the stage for Marquette. But the way that this guy carried himself and ultimately had a movie made out of him where he was played by Tom Hanks, the 2001 Marquette University commencement address, the most famous in university history, the best all time, Fred Mr. Rogers. The way we say thank you to God and to each other is the greatest imaginable form of appreciation. In fact, the reason we were created in God's image, in God's tselem, is to be God's representatives on this earth. You don't ever have to do anything sensational in order to love or to be loved. There it is. The best, most famous Marquette commencement receiver of all time, Mr. Rogers. Zach. It's a good list. It's a good list. Solid list of people there. How many people do you think that are listening are aware of Mr. Rogers? Uh, I bet everyone but me. So was is it true that you were not aware of Mr. Rogers before last night? No, no clue who he was. Still, we'll don't, give it, really, we'll give but. you we'll give you a pass because it was one of those that could be a little bit before our time. And yeah, again, he was. I'm young, Eden. He, no. pa- he yeah. passed. He passed in 2003, but I'm sure as we were growing up in the early 2000s, it was syndicated after his death. But his show. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood ran from 1968 to 2001, one of the most educational, you know, you put him up there with Reading Rainbow and LeVar Burton and what those about types Bill of programs. Nye? Is he up there with Bill Nye? Absolutely. Because I consider Bill Nye the top of that mountain. Absolutely he's up there with, uh, right. unless we're going to go with, if we give like a Mount Rushmore of educational like I, television preschool educators. No, I'd say we is it he was was he preschool or was not necessarily preschool. That's okay, so then I want how about this? Big box television educational programs. Okay. Big box television uh, yeah. <laughs> educational programs. I got I'm gonna, I'm gonna Bill Nye on the top of that list now. I know who Google. Fred Rogers is. So I got Fred Rogers second there. But you know what I mean? Like when your teacher rolls in the big box TV. Oh, I see. What normally okay. people would call a normal TV up until 2010. And then we started growing up and then there were only flat, flat screens around. That's right. So if Fred Rogers is up on that list, I mean, he's got to be a big name i don't disagree i just didn't didn't know who he was at the time yeah so he he's definitely in that same breath with bill nye and 
his speech is one that Marquette has obviously echoed for years and years after and replayed it in, in a million ways. I wasn't aware that Dick, Dick Enberg did a commencement speech at Marquette before uh, last night doing the research, but the Gaffigans was 2019 when we were freshmen. So since, obviously, since 2019, the world has turned over multiple times, and I think Marquette has to be very excited about one of the more normal graduation ceremonies in a while to bring back Dwayne Wade. How excited are you for number three to come back? Yeah, I'm pumped up. I mean, we'll see how uh, alive and well I am on that graduation (laughs) morning. As I remember last year, it was not a pretty sight for most of the seniors coming off of Water Street at around 1 a.m. Oh, boy. But, uh... No, we'll make it, and I will be happy to listen to Dwayne Wade give me advice on the rest of my life. That's right. Who else could you ask for? Seriously. Get ready, May 22nd, Marquette. Next segment, we do it every week. There's only two more left of these. Top five tweets. The best of Twitter this week. It's Games and Grubs Top Five Tweets. We had a lot to go through this week, Zach, in terms of the top five tweets a week. A lot of good tweets. I wonder if it's something with Elon buying Twitter. Twitter just got funnier. Oh, that's a good, that's a very good theory. So you think Twitter is getting funnier because of Elon? Yeah. Just All right. Got it. Uh-huh. I, I like that theory. So let's start with the first one coming in the form of a soundbite. And I know you wanted to do a lot of Celtics Nets today and make fun of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And we're going to do just that. So let's dumb down this music and get ready for a great, a great soundbite of one of the biggest Nets fans I know. Uh, Not personally, but on syndicated radio, Evan Roberts of WFAN, the afternoon host with Craig Carton on the most listened to local sports radio station in America proclaiming that it would be an ultimate disaster. So let's let's zoom back to when the Celtics go up 2-0. Okay, they win first two games at TD Garden. And as a Net fan, you're thinking, oh, there's no way they're going to get swept. We're coming back to Brooklyn. You know, KD's going to get back into form. And this is what happens. Do you think this series goes back to Boston? Uh, it better. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm just asking the question. Are you, fre- are you, are you asking me? Yeah. Could I walk out of that building Monday night Done. being swept by the Boston Celtics? You think that's on the table? Oh, well, it's on the table. Do you think it's happening? It would be one of the most embarrassing. Th- and you could record this and play it over and over again because you, you should play it over and over again. This would be the most embarrassing thing in my sports fandom. This yeah. would be my pants being pulled down while I'm in school and everyone laughing at my wee-wee. That's what it would be like if they got swept by the Boston Celtics. It happened. It happened. The Celtics won in four. Thanks, Evan, for not winning a game in that series. Number four on the top five tweets, KJ Doyle from Guy Boston Sports. Attaches a picture of Scott Foster, noted NBA referee. The Nets may have lost, but this man played his heart out. 
left everything on the floor, so close to single-handedly willing his team to victory after game four. Respect, prayer hands emoji. Nice job. I will not, because I am a bigger man, I won't save this airtime for Scott Foster slander, even though I'm not a fan of it. We watched Me- Memphis, Minnesota in the second half last night, Zach. Wasn't great. Scott Foster doing the game again. Wasn't great. And a couple of those a couple of those fouls on John Morant, I, I had to wonder. Number three. Good one right here. All right, good one. You want to read it? Yeah, I got it. So, uh, Thomas Viola. Viola? I'm going to say Viola. Viola. All right. Tweets, Tiger Woods broke both both of his legs, nearly had one amputated, and still came back before Ben Simmons did. That's so, that is what Twitter's made for, right there. You just compare two unlike things and absolutely roast someone in the process. So you think this is gonna happen more with Elon under the helmet? I hope so. Hey, if better, it does, better top five tweets. Elon should have bought Twitter four years ago, and we started Games and Grub. More on that next week. Number two, this is one of my favorites of the week, and it didn't make number one because there's a clear cut number one. J.R. Smith. Two-time NBA champion for the young fans was known for not knowing how much clock there was in the 2018 NBA Finals with LeBron James in that infamous meme. But J.R. Smith has gone back to college. He became an NCAA golf athlete at North Carolina A&T. And he had a great comeback story. And it was it was honestly pretty funny to see him on the golf course with, you know, freshman golf athletes in the NCAA, and there's J.R. Smith hitting putts. J.R. tweets, if I'm being honest at all, I was tariffed, which is a mispronunciation for terrified, to go back to school. Literally, these assignments still make my head sweat. Overcoming these fears of being vulnerable and open about my disability has given me real power, power no one will ever take from me. Pretty cool great story and he had a great celebration from everyone from LeBron James on down who are still big fans of him and how he just decided one day I'm gonna become I got eligibility left I'm gonna be an NCAA golfer and he did because he's not in the NBA anymore but J.R. Smith shout out to you even though he mispronounced uh, terrified to say tariffed he went back to school obviously he didn't go over what potential disability he has but the the stories of athletes going back from the pros to get their degree are always inspiring and somewhat funny to me because some of these guys are going into every class taking every note and like in the words of J.R. Smith having their heads sweat so that's number two number one we mentioned it's a clear cut number one and Maybe if you followed the directions of number one, you'd be able to make a clear cut. You'll see what I mean. Ellie Kramendahl, she's a comedy writer, writes for a couple different outlets. She writes very simply, you should be able to order a chocolate chip cookie, medium rare. Awesome. Zach, I know you love this one, the right one I read. Yeah, yeah I mean, I get, I get crap every now and then for my lack of doneness in my brownies 
I would love to be able to say medium rare instead of, no, they're not done. Matt tells me, no, they're not done. No, I just cooked a rare brownie. Like, it's just a little... Talk your... A little bit moist, right here. A little bit more moist in there, you know? I'd, it'd be uh, interesting to be able to order that at a restaurant as well. You know how they some restaurants serve, like, hot cookies? Imagine oh, yes. being able to... They come over and they ask, how would you like your cookie done? I'd, like, rare all day. You don't even have to cook it. Give me the dough. You know what I mean? Oh, just rare. Let it bleed. You're not worried about... And the funny, the funny extra part of the second tweet from Ellie was that... This will be my tweet that unites us all. If anyone harshes the vibes talking about salmonella, you are dead to me. Not when you're pregnant, though. So, um, oh, wait, that's a different tweet. Whoops. But no, that if, makes anyone, sense. if anyone harshes the vibes talking about salmonella, you are dead to me. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you got to. Are you worried about that? I'm not. I, not. I mean, I think I'm strong. My, my, yeah, my stomach can handle it. My, my body can handle it. No eggs touching me. Okay. I'd drink raw eggs if I could. Like if I enjoyed that, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care about salmonella some, at that point. Rocky Balboa. Yeah, there okay. be there be other things stopping me. But that is just a great overall tweet. Great overall tweet. Innovative. I think that's what that's. I, I think that's what I'm looking for. Again, shout out to you, Elon. More innovation with Twitter. More new ideas. More fun creativity like that. Would love to see that. And I know he has no part in actually doing that. Four one four. Two eight eight seven zero nine one. You can also tweet at us. Give us a top five tweets candidate that you saw this week at G R U B M U R. That's Grub M U R. Next, before we rank the remaining teams in the NBA, I think we do have to do a little tribute to the Timberwolves, a team that has oh, yes. has lost and, and fallen off the mountain. We should have uh, we should have booked Brian right here. But it was. It was an unbelievable series. It was probably some of the best basketball uh, in that first round of, of playoff games and playoff series. Anthony Edwards, John Morant, definitely, I mean, people so say this about fun. everyone, but uh, so much fun to watch the future of the league nearly. And a lot of other guys shine that it came up game to game. Last night, Jaden McDaniels for Minnesota. Uh, Jaden game of his life. Bain, Desmond Bain, showed up in that series for Memphis, who I hadn't heard of as a legitimate uh, three-point shooter, and he, he can, can do play, it all he almost. He can play for me any day. Three-point contest nominee this year, Desmond Bain, just looks like he has great basketball IQ. Where do the Minnesota Timberwolves move on from here? Because I, I see this as a great stepping point and a great, great experience series for them. Oh, it's a great experience for them, and I can't believe we're talking Timberwolves without Brian, but... I think the biggest question you have to answer is Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. What do you do with him? Because he is kind of an odd man out in this super young team. And the same could be said for D'Angelo Russell, too. I think D'Angelo Russell could be a prime target to move this summer and go somewhere else because sometimes it gets in the way where Russell is a shooter where he'll throw up these crazy shots he's kind of like a cam jones in terms of his shot selection sometimes they look really smart and sometimes they look really dumb and cat is flat out speaking of dumb if you want to hear charles barkley say it again you can't because they're out of the playoffs but he's one of the dumbest basketball iq superstars we have in the nba he will constantly get in foul trouble this 
and he hasn't performed well in the playoffs for this is his second playoff appearance. So I don't know. I, I'm going to defer to Brian, and hopefully he'll join the Timberwolves support group here at some point this morning during the show. But I think you really have to look at, if you're the GM of Minnesota, see what you could get as a market for Towns and more likely D'Angelo Russell to even make the team younger, which we're saying it again. Anthony Edwards is only 20. Normally, I would tell you they need that older piece, that more experience, one guy to bring them all together. That's true. I, I don't think this is the case with this team, though, just because Cat is not that guy. You can already tell that they, they, they focus their energy around Ant more often than Cat. It's more it's more becoming his team, absolutely. So it if is. they had a guy like Chris Paul, what Chris Paul did to the Suns, that veteran point guard, that almost just said point guard, point guard presence to them, to the Suns, he is. He's if their they son can get guy. a Chris Paul type guy, I don't think it's a guy like I mean a guy like Mike Conley is going to be on the market from Utah, but he's his career is deteriorating. We'll talk about Chris Paul, how much better he's getting, and that leads us right into who are the eight remaining. Last night with the elimination of the Timberwolves, we have eight teams left in the playoffs. The second round is officially set. So, from eight to one, the remaining teams left in the playoffs. Let's start with number eight, the team I see moving the least in this remaining NBA playoffs, the Dallas Mavericks. They're the four seed out in the West. They got Phoenix next round. Dallas-Utah was a series where neither team was really that good. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Luka Doncic came back from injury. They have they have one of the guys who performed most either in the second half of the season going into the playoffs. A guy that we saw in the Big East, Jalen Brunson. That dude has as bright a future as anyone that we've talked about in terms of young guys. Doesn't have the same star power as Andy Edwards, but. To get Jalen Brunson in the second round of the draft, like Dallas did a couple years ago, that guy is going to be a rising star. But outside of that, they had kind of a lack of action anywhere else and beat up on a Utah team that is, to me, the number one candidate to blow it up this summer. The Rudy Gobert-Donovan Mitchell experiment may be over, and Donovan Mitchell may be making his way to New York. Don't say you heard it here first. Number seven... I'm going to put the 76ers at number seven, aptly because of their number seven, 76ers. Joel Embiid, we find out last night, is out indefinitely with an orbital fracture, which I had not heard of before last night on SportsCenter. He may start wearing a face mask to games to get back in. He's a guy that's going to fight to play again, but he's got that additional thumb injury, which if you're a Boston fan, he has the same one that Jalen Brown had last year. You know, James Harden, he's one of my least favorite players in the league, and he, he's got a lack of production in the playoffs as far as his history goes. And Doc Rivers, we love him here at Marquette, but he almost let Toronto come back from 3-0, and he's the only coach in NBA history that's blown three 3-1 leads in the playoffs. And he let the Raps hang around too long, and his playoff success ever since that 2008 championship with our beloved Boston Celtics has been deteriorating since then. So I got 76ers number seven. He's one of the worst playoff coaches in the history of the NBA. Maybe the worst. It's very sad. Hands down. Otherwise, great coach. 
great person. Great human. Yeah, can't complain about him. But Everyone loves him because he's nice to the media, and he's a great NBA figure of our childhood and really generation as far as a coach. He's one of the most more notable coaches in the NBA, <laughs> but got Philly at number seven. Number six, the Miami Heat. They're the number one seed in the East, but they're lacking the scoring pro and they got and they have Philly next round. They're the number one seed in the East, but they lack you know kind of that scoring prowess and star power that Milwaukee and Boston have, which we'll get into later. They have a good defense, which is holding them, and they suffocated Trey Young to no end in that last series. Guys like they're dealing with injuries right now, bless you. Where Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are both taking it really easy going into the next series, which starts next week, but they need to A, stay healthy, and B, score more to keep up with these high-flying star power. And Can they sustain with the success of only Jimmy Butler in their, in their offense like they did this last series where it was basically Jimmy Butler versus everyone? I don't think they can. And even with I'm, – I'm tossing back and forth between a not-that-healthy Joel Embiid who may miss games this series, I might even still go with Philly based on Harden having a couple big games. Another high-flying young guy with the Jalen Brunson's and the average is Tyrese Maxey. That guy's been awesome. So Miami's going to be a tough out, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to join the boat of everyone's underrating Miami, but they may not even make it out against Philly next round. Number five. The team we just watched last night, the Memphis Grizzlies. They're the second seed in the East, and they're getting Golden State next round, which is a really, really, really fun series, and we're going to get to Golden State, obviously, later on. We just gave a props to Minnesota. Tough out. But Memphis, as I just talked about with Uncle Chris at the beginning, almost has a better version of the Timberwolves. That young core of guys, they, they each have the star with John Morant and and the Edwards slash Cat, but the Grizzlies having that young core surrounded by Desmond Bain, who we just talked about, who's becoming one of my favorite players in the league, uh, Dylan Brooks, the guy out of Oregon, which who we watched in college, Brandon Clark out of Gonzaga, great college players, and Jaron Jackson when he's out of foul trouble is one of the best defensive players in the league. So John Morant starting to come out of the shell after the first few games, the only downside with this team is the experience, and they're going to run into one of the more experienced teams, maybe the most experienced team left in the playoffs, the Golden State Warriors. See, I think that's a better matchup for them than the Bucks or the Celtics, though, because they don't have they don't have that big man that could stop Giannis. They don't really have that. You're saying Memphis has they've or Golden got, State? No, Memphis got a great great outside uh, kind of wing defense. A lot of long guys, a lot of length, a lot of speed. I wouldn't say they have the interior defensive strength to cover someone like Giannis or someone like Al Horford in the post. So that's the problem with guys like Jaron Jackson, who's been great in the paint for them, but he's fouled out almost every game. Yeah, he fouled series. out like what eight minutes left in the fourth quarter last night. It was ridiculous. Embarrassing. He at least had five going into the last few minutes. Number four, the defending champions. The Milwaukee Bucks, with Chris Middleton out, and this is where I, this is where I put these rankings today, Saturday, April thirtieth. 
what are you looking for in the strength of your team? With Chris Middleton out, I have to put Milwaukee in number four. Once they get Middleton back, I can move Milwaukee up, maybe ahead of this next team. But they need, this is another team that needs shooting if they want to beat the Celtics next round. Brooke Lopez is going to have to come up huge, among other guys, throughout this entire series. That's number four. Before we get to our top three, let's switch it up. Next caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, I, I heard this was the uh, the uh, Broken Heart fan support line. Is that true? <laughs> That's yeah, correct. you're a Timberwolves fan? Yeah, yes, sir. Timberwolves fan. Are you? Uh, how how can we comfort you this morning? I, I just I just need some strategies to feel to cope with this loss and you know the, these these long months with no Timberwolves playoff basketball. Here's what you got to I mean, do. What if, what if it's another 15 years until we're back? <laughs> I uh, say what you got to do is first game next season, grab a chain, uh, grab a referee uniform, and maybe a shirt that says "Trade Cat" and. Hook yourself to the basket, put a lock on it, and protest. You, you think doing a protest is going to be my best, my best shot? <laughs> in the future? I mean, I don't know anything else that's going to change Minnesota from being an awful sports town. It's our third hey, co-host, hey, hey, Brian right, Gallagher. Right, let's, let's settle down on that. All right, I've already, I've already set the stake. If, hey, if you were listening, if you were listening, the last be, hundred years. If you were listening. We we were just praising the Wolves' effort about five minutes ago. Here, Brian, you know what? I can actually soothe you a little bit. This was great experience for a young team. This is kind of a stepping stone of a, a great series that they now have some playoff experience. They know kind of how to approach it next year if, when they do make it because I, I do believe they have that solid core. But they need to make oh, one or two changes with, like Aiden said, D'Lo or Cat in the offseason. Yeah, I think uh, D'Lo just has to play better. I think for Cat, we need a better backup center. Uh, so that'll be a that'll be a piece to look for in the summer. But you know, Timberwolves are done. But 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 the NFL is king. Vikings had a great draft. The Kings of the North are back. It's going to be a good year. We didn't draft some 24 year old FCS player like the Patriots in the first round. <laughs> Shout a new okay. offensive lineman. <laughs> oh. How's the show going today? It, even better now that you're calling in. We had Uncle Chris call in to start. We had a. We're just going through the remaining eight teams left in the NBA playoffs. Spoiler alert: the Celtics aren't number one. And we've been teasing. There's like this big thing happening in Milwaukee today that we, oh, yeah. we haven't been really able to talk about yet because we haven't broken the news. But there's something going on today in Milwaukee. You're going to Mifflin over there in Madison. I guess that would rival what we're doing here, but I, I believe we'll be a little bit more rush, ruckus. Ruckus? It's uh, not really a rival if, you know, if like the Madison team is always winning. It's like rivalry has to be kind of even, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. To be fair, that's fair. Understood. Well, we hope you enjoy your afternoon. Uh, maybe you can cope in other ways with the Minnesota loss last night. Yeah, I think I think we'll figure something out. You know, <laughs> have some uh, have some sympathy sympathy brewskis for yeah. us. All right, go Wolves, go Vikes, go Wild, go Twins. Have a great show, boys. There we go. Love that. There's I'm, our third co-host, Brian Gallagher. I don't think I've ever heard him say "go Twins." <laughs> uh, it's like foreign language there. I thought he was speaking Spanish. Go all right. Twins. All right, I I spoiled it. 
I think we should go back to the Bucks. You you hinted back to the Bucks, it, but yeah, the good shooting. I think just the, I just think they. I if agree you with talk Brooks. about Bucks Celtics. They need. It depends on what Ime Udoka wants to have for a defensive strategy, because. They absolutely fluster Kevin Durant, no no questions asked. And Giannis is obviously a different challenge, but they shut down KD for four straight games with a plethora of turnovers. Do you think that they are just going to let Giannis get his and then have everybody else beat them? No, but I think what's what's very strong with the Celtics team and especially defensively is the ability to put multiple like switch up that defender on Giannis is going to be huge. So you're not running Marcus Smart into the ground every single time Giannis comes down right. the floor. You can rotate him. Grant Williams can get in front of him every they've one, got, one possession. So you got Robert Williams who will be able to stop him in the post. It's I think that's the key of really keeping everyone fresh down on that defensive end to be able to stop him. And like you said, without Middleton, they got – Almost no chance. They got a couple good shooters. Maybe Pat Connaughton shows up a little bit. But besides that, I'm not scared. Grayson, uh, Grayson Allen has see, turned I'm, into Michael Jordan in I'm this not, first round series. not scared of Grayson Allen at all. I don't know. I mean, you can clip this in a week yeah. from now, but I, I'm just not, not afraid of him. He has to play well for four straight Milwaukee wins. Like, he was great in the Chicago series. And in, I even went to the last clinching game for you know, security. And I'm like, Grayson Allen, he's turned into, you know, trying to be a replacement for Chris Middleton, and he's been able to take advantage. Chicago's a different team. Boston's obviously the number one defense left in the playoffs. Milwaukee's Chicago's daddy. That's right. Number three, it's not the Celtics. It's the Golden State Warriors. Mm. The resurgence. This team hasn't been in the playoffs for two years, and they got – the same old Curry, Thompson, Green. Curry's the star. Thompson's the shooter. And Draymond's that pesky defensive grinder. But they've added maybe the next coming of Michael Jordan, Jordan Poole. Straight out of Milwaukee, that guy looks like he's – nobody can stop him. He's the quick rim driver, got a microwave shooter. And then Andrew Wiggins, who was a starter this year in the All-Star game. People forget Minnesota traded him away. <laughs> That's a dig at Minnesota. We talked about their lineup last week. What do you name it? PTSD, 3G, all that fun stuff. But after two years out of the playoffs, the only thing that's not making me think that Golden State could beat the final team left in the Western Conference that we haven't talked about, the Phoenix Suns, is that I heard so many press sound bites after their clinching at beating the Nuggets the other day on on Thursday, on Wednesday. And they're all talking about, oh yeah, we gotta, you know, we gotta learn to win again and we have to, you know, we still know how to do it, but we gotta dig deeper. Have some confidence. I don't think this team this team's trying to relearn a lot of things. And granted it's not the same roster that went to four straight NBA finals during our high school years, but they're learning to win again. I just think that they're building more mental roadblocks for themselves in the press here. And that's the reason why I have them at three. Number two, it's the Celtics. Because, Zach, the we're going to... The Celtics are the balls. The Celtics are the balls. And they eliminated this guy. Say no more. When I say I'm, I'm here with Kev, I think that it really entails us... Um, 
you know, managing this franchise together alongside Joe and, and Sean and um, just our, our group of family members that we have in, in our locker room and our, in our organization, you know. So um, it's not just about me and Kev. I don't want to make it just about that. We, we're cornerstones here, but, you know, we have been, we have a few other guys that are on contract. And I think we just got to make some moves this offseason and really talk about it. Kyrie, the new GM of the Nets. It's can a guy have less self-awareness? <laughs> I don't think he's like, oh yeah, I just I just don't want to make it about me and Kevin, but you know we're cornerstones here. That's not for you to say, bro. It's uh, it's up to us to make the changes this off season and to get the guys we want. Unbelievable, ridiculous. And, and if you're keeping score at home, Joe and Sean are Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets. He also owns Alibaba, I think, or at least has a stake in it. And Sean Marks, who's the GM in the Nets. Not mentioned, not pictured, Steve Nash, the head coach of the Nets. Not a good look for Kyrie. Could he be gone? I think he could, but Kevin Durant had to cover his bases in the press conference after and say, no, we love Steve, we want Steve around. Yeah. Kevin Durant has turned into the point with his Nets team where he's actually the level-headed, which is crazy to say. Was Kevin Durant ever good? Not in this series. Was he ever good? Was he ever good? Was he ever good? He yeah. Was, yes, he was good. Was he? What did he do with the Thunder? Nothing. What did he do when wow. he met what he do when he met Steph Curry and the boys? Steph Curry and the boys made him who he was. Was was he ever good? He was the best player on those Warriors teams. Was he? Won two he won two NBA finals. He was the best player on a team with what, four all stars? Yes. Wow. So we're doing this. I'm just saying. Wow. I'm just saying. Hot take alert. Wee woo, wee woo. I'm I'm seriously just saying because they just got pounded. They couldn't get it done last year against Giannis, and he was maybe a half a quarter inch away from me being able to not say that. Wow. But his foot's a little bit too big, and so is his That's ego. True. So nice, good rant right there. But this actually, this segment was about the Celtics. I think if Jason Tatum can defensively buy in for the for the next three series, potentially, Boston can, they can win a championship. There's absolutely no doubt, and I'm trying to take my bias away, but he's already a top five offensive player left in the postseason. I'm putting him with with Giannis, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, and Devin Booker. There's your five, and along with Tatum. Speaking of Devin Booker, since he just came back, I'm putting him back at number one, defending Western Conference champions, the Phoenix Suns. They're, they were the favorite coming into this playoffs. They won 64 games this year with almost no one talking about them uh, because the East was so tight and the MVP race was so tight. Other storylines took over. But Devin Booker just came back for game six where they dismantled the Pelicans and Chris Paul had that perfect shooting game. Dallas is beating them. Okay, they got, an Eastern, they got a pretty easy path to a Western Finals. And... Chris Paul is actually getting better, which the discourse that we've had in the last since our since our college years, basically, Zach, about older athletes getting better. We've seen it with Tom Brady. We've seen it with LeBron James. We're seeing it with Chris Paul right now. It's unbelievable. So the in the supporting cast, they have Jay Crowder, obviously Marquette, ultimate glue guy. Mikhail Bridges, he's one of the best perimeter defenders, another Villanova guy in the league. And DeAndre Ayton, who will clean it up in the paint for them. 
and they get Booker back along with the perfect Chris Paul, I'm putting them in the finals again. That's my number one. It, that uh, I like this comment you wrote here. They're they're making it to Western Conference Finals. Would they face the Golden State there? The winner of Golden State Memphis. I'm gonna pick Golden State. Over, I'm gonna say Golden State will beat Memphis, and it'll be a yeah, Phoenix Golden, Golden State. That'll be a good series. Great. I mean, really, the rest of these series. Besides, I mean, I don't have much juice now for Philly, Miami, especially with Joel Embiid going down. But the last, those are the three series. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Dallas doesn't have much juice either. No, but it's going to be Boston. The two threes, yep. Boston, Milwaukee, and then Golden State, Memphis. Those are fun series. So it's time to it's time to start watching the NBA playoffs. A lot of NBA playoffs. A lot of Marquette in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, seven affiliated names with Marquette in the NBA playoffs, or is it seven. six? Should we Still go in it? Right yeah, now? here we, we just, go. So we just talked about Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, Doc Rivers, Doc. We have Sam Hauser on the bench of the Celtics. That's right. We have Juan Toscano Anderson on the Golden State Warriors. Yep. We have Jimmy Butler on the Miami Heat. Yep. We have Marcus Howard, who is no longer in it. Oh, Marcus, you uh, ruined it. To start the playoffs, though. With the Nuggets, he was starting the playoff. He yeah. just got eliminated. So it was only six. I apologize. Thought we had seven. Are we missing one? But a, a good... Uh, a good display for Marquette there. Great great display. Marquette basketball on the rise. And the guys coming back. Uh, did you already say Wes Matthews? Oh, there it is. There's my yeah, seven. There we go. So we got six still in it. Sorry, Marcus. Get out of here. I love how the Marquette basketball team posts a graphic. Without Sam. Who's advanced. And it's just five. No Sam Hauser. Is there? Wait, there's only five? Oh, because Marcus isn't in there. Doc, Wes Matthews, Crowder, Jimmy Butler, and... That's a squad. I mean, you got a couple mostly role players and then Jimmy Butler. That's right. So so watch out for the rest of NBA playoffs and stay tuned for those Marquette Gold Warriors slash Golden Eagles. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. And on Twitter and Instagram at GrubMUR. Shifting gears here because we're sports, food, and everything in between. We were going to do this last week, and we didn't have time. But the what a, a great a great professor of mine is very interested in advertising and how it relates to sporting events. And you'll see this in person or on TV and on some podcasts. And I heard a podcast ad last week. And it'll still be recurring. But one of the most popular sports podcasts, Bill Simmons, runs an ad for a particular food that I had to raise my eyebrow at. Let's play the clip. This episode is brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Try their new Doritos Flamin' Hot Nacho Wings. When a player gets a hot hand, the best thing to do is keep feeding them the ball. Off the court, you got to feed the hot hand Doritos Flaming Hot Nacho Wings from B-Dubs. Delicious wings coated in Doritos Flaming Hot Nacho Flavored Sauce. Topped with Doritos Flaming Hot Nacho Chip Crumbles. Get them while you can because just like playoffs, they won't be here long. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings to the greatest of all times. Get to a Buffalo Wild Wings near you or order from buffalowildwings.com. $1 upcharge for Doritos Flaming Hot Nacho Flavored Sauce. All right, we don't do advertisements on the show. We had a fake ad segment for a couple of weeks. That was fun. But there's an ad for Doritos Flaming Hot Nacho 
Wings, which are debuting for the NBA playoffs under their head advertiser, Clay Thompson. So the flaming Hot Nacho that Doritos came with, came out with was in 2019, and now they're partnering with B-Dubs. Are you interested in this? Too much going on there. Way too much going I on. I think so, too. Keep it, keep it a little bit simpler. I know we've we've talked about other foods in our past in the show that are just there's way too much going on. Definitely with coffees, you can't add too much. Keep it simple. Right. Keep it simple, stupid. There's just, like, you don't need all that. You know what I mean? No, you don't. Get it done the right way. Give me some regular wings. Put a little sauce on it. Call it a day. Call it a day. I think, and and we're calling it a day in, in 15 minutes, but we could spend the rest of the 15 minutes on this because I think it's it's a great partnership to start your NBA playoffs, get ready, and, and Buffalo Wild Wings is Wings Beer Sports. But I think I'm with you. There's there's too much going on there. So when I when I heard that ad come up with Simmons, I was like, I have to record this because there is a lot, a lot going on. And I like the advertising of when a player gets a hot hand, keep keep giving them the ball. When there's excuse me, hot hands off the court, gotta keep feeding them the wings. So mouths are watering. Another couple of fun fast food news that I saw. Burger King is being sued by a customer who claims the Whopper is smaller than advertised by a whopping 35%. So South Florida lawyers, of course this comes from Florida, seeking monetary damages for anyone who has been, quote, deceived by Burger King's Got a class action on Burger King for their false advertising? That's some trash. Don't you believe it would come from a Florida man that says, oh wow, I need, a, I need a bigger Whopper. This isn't as big as the one that's on TV. Have just have some consumer knowledge, man. <laughs> Seriously, like you should just know things like that. Get it, and then you learn it once. And sure, maybe if he's going after Burger King for that twenty-five, what do you say? It's thirty percent bigger. Thirty-five. So give me thirty-five percent of that Whopper. Take it out, and that's what Burger King should be giving him. I don't want to see any more money coming out of their pockets. That's, that's on. The, that's what the lawyers are claiming. Thirty-five percent. So yeah, get that bum out of here. Wow. Last, have some consumer knowledge. Speaking of fast food, that weird that that Florida man might be in the target demographic for this article I found from the takeout. Three weird drive-through habits we share but don't talk about. And this is a open forum. This is why we do radio. We share things that are sometimes uncomfortable, just like Brian with the Timberwolves support group. Let's go through the three of these and see if we are guilty as listeners and sitting at both here at this radio desk and when you're listening. What do you do these in the drive-thru? Number one, memorizing and reciting your order. I don't think I don't think I would do this because I'm a person who will try something new almost every time. More often than not, when I'm going through drive-thru, I'm with other people. I don't say I go through drive-thrus alone a lot. So I think this is something I definitely do where I'm like, all right, what's this person have, this person have, this person have, I got to get it like right in my head. Otherwise, if I'm going through a loan, which doesn't happen often, I, I say I just go up to the mm. to the sign and, and just pick randomly <laughs> <laughs> whatever I like there. Here's a good one. The next one, checking the bag. Do you check the bag before you drive away to see if they get the order right? 
I think this one gets gets down to something way deeper. I have faith in humanity, so I do not check my bag, and I'll okay. drive, I'll okay. drive away. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I trust those people. Kind of a two B here, which I came up with after reading the comments. Do more people put it on the mobile order now to make sure they get it right? It probably goes back to your same answer: faith in humanity, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm trusting the person. I know you don't go through a drive-through to like talk to the people there, but it, it's nice to see a face and not just go through an app every once in a while. So I did see a tweet that didn't make the top five tweets that said that I was trying to make conversation with the McDonald's lady. Yeah, that's. And she not. just said, "Girl, what do you want?" Like. <laughs> That what? is not what you, you're you doing there. If you're going to McDonald's, you're getting your food and moving on. Exactly. Especially McDonald's where probably most of the workers want to work somewhere else. Number one or number three, whichever way you want to rank these, immediately eating the fries. I think we, I think most of America would, would agree with this one. I know I do. Where there's some that are just hanging out of the bag or hanging out of the carton, whichever fries uh place you're going to i think that's one where they could get colder faster if they're not connected to the other fries and the body heat of the carton maybe Ooh. that was too much science there no i like that, I, like I, that? I honestly hadn't thought about i just that. came up with that it's i don't a, know if that's no scientifically that is true that is a great reason to take the fries out of the bag all instead right. of out of the carton i like that all right so there's the three weird drive-through habits that we share but don't talk about you can uh see or notice if you were 0 for 3, 1 for 3, 2 for 3, or 3 for 3. And speaking of something that we can share but not talk about is our event today. Oh, I cannot wait. We cannot I'm so, wait. I'm so pumped up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys don't even know. Literally. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped up. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be... We're going to be uh, jumping around. We're going to be crawling a little bit. It's going to be a good time. That's, that's a big hint right well, there. We will be moving. That's C-word. Whether we crawl, hint. jog, walk, run. seems like it's going to be rainy out today, so maybe a, a fast crawl. Fast, yep. But they're just more hints and hints and hints. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I think it's time to break it open because... It leads right into our trivia to go, which we have a theme every week. Last week, it was NBA on TNT in honor of Charles Barkley's Freudian slip. Talking about, you know, banging in the paint. Um, The last one this week, we're going to do in honor of, we've mentioned it all day, Marquette Spring Senior Barkroll. Boom! Boom. There it is, Aiden. You in honor, mentioned it. In honor of the crawl, Zach is one of the most knowledgeable guys to know about beer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know that much. So it's time for Trivia to Go, Beer Edition. Play the music. In this radio oh, restaurant, gosh. when it's time to go, we don't ask for the check. We ask the tougher questions. Jeez, I'm really getting... It's time for Trivia to Go. Getting going here with the Trivia to Go, Beer Bar crawl back. Three B's, baby. A lot of B's going on there. All right. Number one. Which beer is from the, quote, land of sky blue waters? Is that like their tagline? Yes. It's one you have drank a decent amount of times before. 
Is it on their logo, like under their logo? Uh, it's not a central part of the logo, no. No, I think I know this one, actually. Is this one Hams? That is correct. It's Hams. I thought I, I thought this beer. would be I thought I th- this would be a layup for you. I was either going for no, right. I I couldn't maybe Milwaukee's best if I had those two confused, but yeah, it's Hams. Like, it's like Jason Tatum driving I think driving I've, to the rim through traffic. You I've got, seen that you one. Got the basket. I've seen that one at National Liquor Mart on a couple banners. I think. All right, so, so you're one for one. Number two, what type of dog is on the labeling of Red Dog Beer? Made, never, made, never by had Miller, a, made by Miller Brewing Company. I've never had a Red Dog beer. I'm either, like, it could be their classic Black Lab or, like, a St. Bernard. And I'm going to go with St. Bernard because that Ooh. sounds like a beer dog. Beer dog. It's incorrect, unfortunately. It's a bulldog. See, I've never had that beer. What? Like, what is this? I thought you would know because it's it was a Miller Beverage. drink, so it's... In beer trivia, that's that's what I found. Okay. Number three, I think you'll... Number three and four are closest to the pin. They're number answers. A barrel of beer in the U.S. holds how many gallons? I should know this because smaller breweries brew by barrel. So you have like a certain barrel system. Most of those mom and pop... Uh, ones are like upwards of 15 to 30 barrels and then the bigger guys go up from there so barrel of beer how many gallons you said or how How many many gallons gallons or gallons in in one barrel in in america (laughs) 70 since you're more than double I won't give you the point. The answer is 31. Okay. God, I'm just trying to think. One of those big barrels can fit 30 gallons. That's a tough one. 30 gallons. Some of these measurement ones I would would not do well with. All right. But maybe you'll get a little closer with this one. Number four, how many calories are typically in a 5% ABV lager? Seven. You're way too low. <laughs> the answer is actually two fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because it's a lager. Five percent, yeah, but you can get some light lagers out there. I guess I'm thinking light beers. I guess you could, but last one. This is a good one. So you are basically one and a one and a half. I'll give you the half point for the barrel of beer because these close to the pin ones are hard. But Mostly one for five. Basically one for five. The last one, or one for four, sorry. Last one. A labier fillist is a collector of what? L-A-B-E-O-R-P-H-I-L-I-S-T. It's a tough one. But it's a good it's a good ending question. Say that again. L a labier fillist. L A B E O R. L A B E O R. What is it? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, they're collector of something. Collector of what? <sighs> All right, uh, you got a couple things to go here. You got like we're talking beer, so I'm thinking cans. I'm thinking like different grains, maybe. 
I got a couple th- different things going. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll give you a. I'll give you a toss up. Yep. It's either bottles or bottle caps. Ah. I like bottle caps. <laughs> I shouldn't even say because the answer is bottles. But. Well, I was on the right track with cans there. Beer bottles is the criteria. You were on track with cans. So that's your trivia to go beer edition. Bar crawl beer back. Bar crawl beer back. Uh, penultimate. Doesn't start with B. But RWB. RWB. Milwaukee. No, I guess we're going with B's. Speaking of B, BB, Bill Belichick. One of the greatest drafts in recorded history. I just want to play this because uh, Brian teased it on his phone call, but BB and the Patriots picked Cole Strange, an offensive lineman out of UT Chattanooga, and Sean McVay and Les Snead, head coach and GM of the Rams, both were doing a press conference while the draft was live, and... Let's let's just play Sean McVay's reaction to the Patriots taking this obscure offensive lineman from Chattanooga named Cole Strange. Really? Oh, excuse me. Turn the solo on. Let's do that again. Really, Strange really? Just went. Oh my, UT Chattanooga McVay. to the first round. Hey, where is? <laughs> How about that? And we wasted our time watching him, thinking he'd be at 104, hey. maybe. <laughs> All right, final answer is they're both drunk. Next caller. <laughs> okay, we got a caller on here, and I think there's another beer question. Uh-oh, here we'll we pick go. It up. Caller, you are live. I believe I know who this is. None other than my father, Mr. James Passios. Hello. How's it going today? Good morning, boys. Nice job. Good morning. And I'm very, very, very sad that uh, we only have two weeks left. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure sure what I'm going to do on my Saturday mornings, but uh, you guys have done a great job on this. But I was very interested in the discussion and the questions about beer and barrels. Mm -hmm. So, Aiden, I'm going to throw a couple back at you. (laughs) Okay. Coming from the Hop Wizard. Are you ready? So, typically in an IPA, how many pounds of hops do you use in an IPA per barrel? Ooh, that's a good one per barrel. So, if- yep. so, so you know, beer is made out of malt, water, hops. Let's just call it. Let's keep mm-hmm. it simple, the old German style. But now you've got IPAs out there, and there is a certain amount of pounds of malt and a certain amount of pounds of hops that go into these per barrel batches. All- are you answering too? Or no, yeah? no, no. You got it. Yeah. I'll say I'll say fifty pounds. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Think about how big a barrel is. We said thirty gallons. We said thirty gallons. The fifty pounds 31, of hops yeah. couldn't even fit in thirty-one gallons. Actually, yeah. So it's lower. So it's way lower. Okay, so think of it another way: um, malt, hops, and water. It is not all the malt or all the hops that go into the barrel. So they put it in a whirlpool. It heats up, and then they move it to a cooler um, barrel, a fermenter, and it sits there for whatever amount of days before they pop it out a little bit more to create an IPA. So you were close. I'll, I'll give you a little hint. On the malt side, you were very close, 40 to 50 pounds per barrel. But where are we at to get the 
IPA taste, the citrus taste in beer, and how many pounds of hops? We got a better answer than fifty here, Aiden. I think he, I think he's got it. Thanks for thanks for giving people the rundown on what I'm going to be drinking today, pops. I didn't know yeah, yeah. It, I didn't know it went through that big of a process, but it will all be in my stomach soon. Well, good. You know, you can uh, you can always go to Good City Brewing and try some of their beers because uh, they buy some of our hops from Hophead Farms. Ooh. That's true. Very close to Pfizer. Yeah, Aiden, you got an answer here. Coming I'll down go, to the wire. Okay, I'll go back. I'll go. I have to go really small. How about how about the amount of people there in the studio? Say, I'll say two pounds. You are very, very, very correct. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Aiden. Wow, Aiden, I'm impressed. So, <laughs> we had a little help IPA, here in the peanut I'm, gallery. You got to it. Be clear on IPAs, it's typically two pounds per barrel or more. Someone like a, um, a New England-style IPA can go to four, but two. And if you're brewing a Pilsner or a Lager, it's much less. It's typically a half to one. Yeah, what a- then, it's, then it's more malt. Those New England IPAs we had at the place uh, Venture. Venture Brewing, yeah. yeah. What, what, what about beer. like a light, light beer? Like those those big-name guys that just brew and brew and brew. Is, is there any hops in there? Do they throw like so, a quarter pound so- or... No, so typically those brewers are using extracts that are extracted from hops and put into the barrels, like, you know, the buds, or and sometimes they're using actually rice extracts, too, not all malt. So it's very interesting that it is really not a, I won't call it a, tr- a true beer, yep. in the sense because they're not using a lot of hops on it. Well, we uh, we appreciate the knowledge that this you're spreading we, here. This is what this is what we never do is education. So I'm glad we had a little bit on the show today. <laughs> nope, all good, and I'm looking forward to a uh, nice series between the Celtics and the Bucks. That's should right. Be, uh, should be quite a take. Yeah, we're we're excited for it too, and it it starts up this Sunday, and we'll be back in Milwaukee a week from now, I believe, on Saturday the seventh, May seventh, our last show. So we'll be able to watch them out here. I hope you make it back to Boston and be able to watch them out there. Maybe, maybe. Well, thank you very much, and it's been a pleasure listening to you guys throughout the years, and I look forward to next week's show. Thanks All for right, the call. Thanks for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day, guys. There he goes. <laughs> Your dad. A full lesson on Dropping beer full there. knowledge on that. I love that. And clearly, clearly I am not at the same beer level as you in knowledge because it all runs no, in the family. He, yeah, he is something else. Runs in the family. Beer, but been a great show. Been a great show. And bar crawl, if you want to see us. Crawl. Yeah, we're, we'll crawl this afternoon. I'll save the... I'll save I'll save all the emotion for next week because this is our penultimate show that we just wrapped up. But next week, next week is it. Next week is the last games and grub at the Marquette Radio Studio. So we're planning a lot. We're gonna hopefully have a lot of callers and best of moments and things to go over, smiles, tears, and everything in between because that's what we do on a show with sports food and everything in between. So what any, uh, any brainstorms of what else we should do besides a bleep ton of guests and some good best of moments. Tweet at us and let us know what you want to hear. You got one more shot at it. I want to hear it. I want to 
get you guys involved and and really make this last one a good one that's it so that'll do it for us this week we'll be back next week may 7th 10 30 a.m central mark your calendar this has been games and grub this has been games and grub <laughs> <laughs>